Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan. What is the news, my friend? Well, the news is you've been surfing and I haven't. So that's, that seems to be a regular start to the show these days. Will is not wearing any clothes in the studio, which is no surprise to any regular surprise, listeners. Surprise, surprise. And I, having spoken last week about the fact we were going to this Devon competition for the Surf Life Saving Club that I uh, help out with, I'm a very proud dad because the kids, all of the kids in the club got a clutch of medals and my three boys particularly. So I'm, I'm, just, fe- I'm just feeling like a showy, offy, proud father at the moment. But yeah, they did really well. It's little, really good. Little nipper comps. It's really uh, good. Nine medals for the eldest kid, two golds for the middle boy and the Littley, who is first competition, got two golds and a bronze. <laughs> Amazing. Obviously the... My genes I passed on really well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your wife has something to say about that. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that because I just read an article about the girl uh, Radanuku. Radakanu. Radakanu. I think everyone's having a go at that surname. Congratulations, Emma Radakanu, 18 years old, bit of a superstar. Just won the US Open. Uh, she's from Britain. The really good article about specialising yeah. in sports and how the myth is a myth that you need to specialise in order to succeed. And in fact, it's the reverse. It's the other way around. And so youngsters up to the age of 16, 17, according to this research, youngsters want to be doing as many different sports activities as possible, really building a broad spectrum. And what the study cites is the reason they think, perhaps as a hypothesis, as why that there's more success with this kind of thing, is the cross-pollination of one sport to another and how they can complement each other. And how much more success it leads to later down the line for me, I can really attest to that with how tennis works really well for my surfing. I just haven't had hardly any amount of time to be able to fit that in. And because the thing with tennis, you need a tennis partner, you need to join a club or yada, yada, yada. And my knee hasn't been probably up to it much as well. But in the times in my life where I've had a regular amount of tennis on, because I used to play a lot more, I'd get on a board and I'd, I would definitely, and I can hand on heart say this, feel more agile, feel springier, and all those things that you can't achieve in the gym. Do you know what I mean? Because you can't, that kind of footwork agility work, you can't achieve. No, I mean. Unless it, you do some kind of different sport. Well, I mean, the training that you put in, as is exactly that sort of footwork. And we're going to probably talk about Ombi and sort of Clayton and the training there a little bit, little bit later on. But actually to bring that in sort of a little bit earlier, you can see, and Clayton would have explained, and this, this has helped me hugely, I've mentioned before, when it comes to application of things you may have learned in other sports, translating directly into surfing because often when you're in the beginning of your surfing journey and you were learning to surf or you think about surfing the cliched stance is the poo man stance isn't it to an extent and i am not ashamed to admit because you have to sort of as regular listeners also know face your uh, ego down sometimes and say this is actually where i was at there were times when i was doing that even up until quite recently but by applying some of the methodologies uh, a little bit more or at least thinking about how does a sprinter st- stand or how do you stand if you're boxing or how do you do trunk rotation if you're swinging a tennis racket or a cricket bat or a baseball bat if you're over that side of the pond if you apply those things to surfing because it doesn't exist in isolation surfing does it as a physical thing physical expression you can make massive gains and i was like what i never even thought about using let's say sprinters uh, stance or a fighting stance on my surfboard or rather i didn't assume that i should think about it in those uh, ways and as soon as you then look at it like that from a biomechanical perspective, it's just, for me, uh, other people might go, of course, Liam, we've been doing that for years. It just really helped 
with the bits that I think were missing from my surfing. Yeah, I, I remember you saying once in the gym, maybe, that, and we were joking about, you know, you being the cutback king. I, yeah. can't, I can't remember how that came about, but it was, uh, then we were discussing the movements of a cutback and we yeah. were chatting about this. And you actually said, how the fuck am I going to do a cutback if I can't do it in the gym? Yeah. If I can't bring my body yeah. and my trunk around and be that flexible and that powerful and have that much poise, how the hell am I going to do it on a board? It's going to be like 10 times harder. Way harder. Because you, once you're on a board, you're on this unstable object. At least in the gym or on the ground or on land, you can work at your posture in that way. And I would say posture is probably, and there are a couple of anomalies. I know a couple of surfers in my mind who don't have the best posture and they still surf pretty darn well. Yeah. But overall, what I've spotted is those people who surf with flow and with power and with mm. speed and they make their sections and they fit complete and finish their cutbacks, they land there off the lips, etc., are those with the most upright posture. And not so upright that you then are bolt upright on a surfboard looking like a pencil, because mm. that's the opposite. Mm. What I more mean is you're upright and you're bending at the knees. It's the ability to be able to, and I have this with clients all the time, what you're trying to train people to be able to do is, is flex the ankle joint without that heel coming up and be able to get your hips down with your chest up. It's a very difficult thing for humans to do when they've done a lot of sitting down. And sitting down, <laughs> we're pretty fucking good at. Because yeah. I'm the first to admit it. When I've been sat down, Jesus, even after this podcast, is one of the longest bits of sitting down that I do in my day. And I'll get up. And if I went to surf right away, 10 minutes after the show, I wouldn't surf very well for a while until my body had woken up to, oh, okay, there's your back, there's yeah. your hips, there's your... You'd have to go stand up paddleboarding. <laughs> That's actually, it's funny. That is another great cross-pollination. In my time that I've stand up paddled, and, I, and we haven't got the beach for it really here, mm. but when I used to do it a lot more, where we had these really long beaches, I mean, North Coast, we yeah. talked about, there's a beach called Saunton, mm. who to many of you listening will know the name of it, but it's one of these, these beaches you get in this world that are just stunning because they're just so long and go where you want. Just space, beautiful space. And when I used to stand up paddle there, when I would then get on my shortboard, because it was more shortboardy waves, I definitely felt my base of, of ankle, knee, hip, lower back, upper back. I felt that base of movement was a bit stronger because you, you would have been surfing this freaking 20-odd kilo, you know, 10 feet board around and pushing it through turns. So suddenly when you get on a smaller bit of kit, woo! Yeah. It'd be a bit like a basketball player wearing weighted boots. I remember Michael Jordan was always yeah. famous for that. He would always wear weights in his Air Jordans. I mean, fuck's sake, those Air Jordans look like they weigh about yeah. six kilos per yeah. boot anyway. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? If you can sort of uh, do it on something heavier or train, it's like the weight vest training principle. Once you take it off, you feel light as a feather. You're absolutely right. If the biomechanics are not working anyway, people expect, and I've been there myself, that when you enter the water and you stand on a surfboard, your body's going to do things it can't do in the real world. <laughs> That's crazy. It's so true. Yeah. And it takes a humble character for someone to go, oh, do you know, I'm really not progressing in my surfing. Mm. Would you take a look at how I move? That's definitely rare. Yeah. That's few and far between. You have crusty locals in their late yeah. 40s, 50s, 60s, still trying to progress their surfing as much as possible who wouldn't take a grain of advice no. and they, from anyone in how to move. And everything then is the board or the waves or the, you know, all of the stuff that we as humans like to do rather than look ourselves squarely in the old mirror and say, yeah. is it me? <laughs> so true, dude. And I also want to mention before we move on to our first segment or second segment that before we started the show, we, Liam always had this great 
catch up and chat and it's what gets the juices flowing we discuss a number of topics and and one of the things one of the acronyms that we came up with in fact it was last week we never got a chance to mention it but you created this dude so it's a b c yeah. And what is that, dude? Anything but Corona. Anything but Corona. Not the, so, beer, not the beer that often sponsor. Say, yeah. Not the beer that sponsor a lot of surf competitions. <laughs> that, that, but, we, that we want more of. But you know the the thing. But COVID. The COVID. Whatever you want to call it. This this thing that's kind of. Well, we talked about way back in episode six or something because it's been going on for that bloody long. But we just felt that there's so much shit around, good, bad, and otherwise, that we would be a show that just avoided it. Because uh, literally like the plague, if you'll excuse the pun, we want to put a bit of joy into this show. And of course, you know, we have our own views on that. And, you know, some of those views you can apply or things around mindfulness, and we're having to do it ourselves, apply to situations that sometimes leave you feeling scattered, confused, triggered, angry, whatever those might be. Because, you know, we are a very much freedom loving, live and let live kind of humans in our own lives. And that's what we want the show to be. What we didn't want to do is come in and sort of make it the um, mindful COVID analysis because it just wouldn't maybe bring joy and a little bit of respite to everybody's life, particularly if you're down under or you're in the States. And we don't want this to be a a sort of super heavy political show because uh, it would take us down another rabbit hole. And so to stay surfing and mindfulness Mm. and to give us and you all a break from the insanity of the human world, if we can, uh, and stick to kind of, you know, great waves and great tricks to navigate the times we're mm, in. Mm. I think that would be a way better way of dealing with it. So true, dude. And I've got to, I mean, we've all got a number of COVID stories and it's, it's kind of ironic that anything but COVID has now become all about COVID because we're now talking about it, but not the details of it because we've just talked about this before that for us, true mindfulness mm living and let live and like you said and you can have your opinion i can have mine and that's more than okay and then i think that's geez if we try and cancel that then things have gone a bit mindless yes it's become about the ego which ego can win basically domination of one ego and that's just that's insane yeah it's not sane it's insane yeah the thing is we've got all loads of stories around covid and i'm sure around many a campfire in the next hundred years there's going to be a lot of stories shared and i've got to share one from uh, when lockdowns were coming in, there was this kind of thing around surfing. And you being a surfer listening to this, you would have, I'm sure, been involved in something like the words of COVID, lockdowns and surfing. You'd be involved in that spectrum of like, you know, what can I do? What can I not do? And, da, da, da. and uh, according to the government rules, your hour of exercise, go and do your thing. That was the rule for us in this country, in the UK. And so I took it upon myself to go surfing. Now, I've been for a surf. I don't know how long exactly it was, but then I got out of the sea and I, I lay on the stones and I thought, I'm just going to just chill here because it's a sunny day. I've not got work on because not many people did. I'm just going to lie here and just enjoy this and close my eyes and meditate. So I did, I closed my eyes and I could hear this movement of pebbles quite a way off in my peripheral hearing. I could hear someone sort of walking, which when you're on a pebbly beach, what do you expect? People are going to be walking around. It's fine. It sounded like it was getting closer and closer and you go, sure, you know. The thing with a normal situation is people walking past you on a set of pebbles. No big deal, right? Because of COVID times, you start to kind of go, okay, so I carried on meditating. The steps got closer and closer and closer and the sound got closer and closer until someone started screaming at me, this lady, and she must have been three or four feet from my face or my body or whatever. 
Definitely within the two-meter rule, by the way. <laughs> way, way within that rule. And she screamed and screamed at me for getting off the beach. That, you know, you can't stay still on the beach. Now, she might be right, but I wasn't doing any wrong, in my view, at that point. So I lay there and I lay there. And it was, for me, it was a real moment. The reason why, the very reason why I want to share this story is for everything it stood for me in that moment was I didn't judge her. Mm. And listen, thankfully, I was in quite a peaceful state in that moment. And that could have gone a very different direction if I hadn't and snapped. But I was. I was in a really peaceful state. And I just let her have a rant at me, scream at me, and talk about irony yeah, and all that stuff that we all were thinking at this point. We're probably thinking, you know, you're, thinking, you're listening to this story thinking, Jesus, what, you know, how could you not see her blind spot? Which we all have, by the way. And anyway, it passed. Yeah. And she walked away. And it was for me, it summed up just for me, and take this as you will, but this is how I felt. I felt like I came away and I thought, people are going to have different opinions. And they're like assholes. We've said yeah. this before. Everyone, everyone has yes. one. And it's letting them be. It's, it's letting them be. It's letting them be. And I think, you know, to connect it to the show and surf, we are trying to create and embrace a sense of oneness and the collective and a kind of a feeling that we are a whole, you know, we're just part of this whole. It's understanding that some of the things that are sent to challenges are very fear-based, but also that they're anything that is, attempts to divide us as people and pit us against each other, rather than against the, the sort of the issues rather than the individuals, is very convenient for anybody that has a particular agenda, whatever side that might lie on. So it's united we stand and divided we fall. And, um, you know, for now, we may come back to it, but I think it is just staying away and, and staying in this kind of non-judgmental place, if we can, for the benefit of the show. Because we also, it's this thing, Liam, we discussed before yeah. in our personal conversations, we'll share this, yeah. that it's the focus on um, what you do want. You could focus on what you don't want. Yeah. And in some ways, that could be beneficial because you can get the fire in your belly yeah. to take action with your life, to do something about what it is that you don't want. Yeah. And that could be anything. It doesn't matter whether it's to do with COVID yeah. or any relationship, health, you name it. We discover something we don't want and we know we don't want it. Okay, cool, it's there. Yeah. The sanity of repeating that focus upon it without actually doing anything about it is truly insane because you are just doing damage to yourself yeah. and no one else. And so it is this switch, and this is what we stand for and why we are ABC, because the switch is, what do we want? Yeah. And what we want is joy and stoke and things working out and things getting better. And that isn't like some sort of, you know, overly hopeful, overly optimistic, yeah. like head in the sand situation. Yeah. That is just, no, no, it's a personal thing. Yeah. You have to share it with me and Liam. Yeah. We're just focusing on what we want, yeah. and that's to keep it like that. And, it, and it, nor that, not, as we've often talked about, being mindful doesn't mean you're either passive as well. There maybe comes a point in all of our lives when the time does come to stand up and, and be counted and fight for the principles for which you hold dear, that kind of commitment to joy, freedom, and uh, choosing a relatively your own path in the world. And we've been fortunate that up until now in our lives we've lived in very much that kind of or certainly we've felt that we've lived in that very much that kind of world so yeah let's uh let's go back to surfing 
Although watching The Matrix at the weekend did not help one bit, I can say. But what an amazing <laughs> film. Because the new one is about to drop, isn't it, at Christmas. So I'm looking very oh, much forward to that. Oh, yeah. Got, I did really got your, like... Got your, got your brother George in it, because he does look a bit like Keanu, doesn't he? George looks a bit like Keanu. And if, George, you're listening to this, you'll tip the hat to that one. And Well, he's um, a better looking brother, isn't he? He's, he's much better looking. Yeah. I'm happy to admit that. Yeah. My brother's a very good looking guys. And uh, yeah, he does look a bit like Keanu. I don't know if he surfs like him, because I know Keanu was in Point Break. Yes, true. Now, could Keanu really surf? Do we know that? There's a bit of a, a surf quiz. If you were designing a surf quiz, he would be a great question. Could did. Keanu Reeves surf? Now, go on. He did learn to surf. Well, of course, for that. I, but that, he, was that him? Of course, he had a stunt double for the big stuff. But um, as part of the process, you want to live by the sea. Yeah, you learn to surf. And, I, and he's never left it. Keanu Reeves is a surfer. Can you give me a... I can't. Can you... Because a lot of people are really can remember lines from movies. Can you give me a line from Point Break? Can I give you a line from Can you Point... give me a... Do you know it that well? I don't a lot, know. A lot of surfers obsess over that movie to the point where they know like, the individual lines. Especially the old one. Um, I can't give you one off the top the of my head. The old one is classic. If you haven't seen Point Break, please go ahead and watch that movie. I can't always throw quotes back at people from, from films. My, my brain's too old these days. I have, there are a lot I, of people who can. I have a particular fondness for... Predator, the movie, the first one. Yeah. And I have got too many quotes from that one. It's the only movie I've ever truly watched a number of times. I mean, actually, that's a lie. I'll go through three. The three I've watched the most, Dumb and Dumber, Shawshank Redemption, Predator. Strange mix. Real that's eclectic a, that's mix. That's an eclectic mix. One's deeply philosophical and spiritual, and then one is complete opposite, farts and, and shits and, and willies and all that stuff. And then the other one is... Pretty gnarly. But um, Arnie Schwarzenegger, get to the chopper! <laughs> just, just just straight up. Just Wait, straight that's not up. a difficult quote get to remember, <laughs> is it? I think... <laughs> if that's your... That's I was the, waiting for something. The, I was waiting for something hey, really hey, profound. Hey, here's another one. Get to the chopper. He's probably used that in every single film I know, he's made. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the, other one, the other one is... And we say... We do it. We used to do these all the time. And they're, they're so small. It's this... What's got Billy so spooked? So he walks down to him. You set us up! The whole damn thing! All of it! Bullshit! CIA! Anyway, we could carry on here. <laughs> no, that's, that's the not, best Arnie in That's not me. Arnie in the studio, it's Will. It's me. Go on, we've gone. That's that covered, isn't it? ABC. ABC. Thank you, listeners, for bearing with us on that one. And Predator Quotes. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Segment number two, the mindful surfer, just a couple of moments, check in with the breathing and raise your awareness. So take a breath in through your nose and breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. Take a breath in. And breathe out. Two more breaths. Hold your breath on these ones. Take a breath in through your nose. Really take in the view around you. And breathe out. And last one, take a deep breath in through your nose. 
and then breathe out. Really noticing the air as it goes out. I could have really done with walking my talk yesterday in regards to deep breathing, getting the body woken up, the mind woken up, preparation, etc., etc. Because I went for a Dorney to North Cornwall and it was pumping. And I was super excited. And was there a stretch done? Hell no. And lack of deep breathing, lack of stretching. It's sort of the excitement took over. And I was able to get away with it in the first surf, but as the day went on, and I was just trying to score as many ways as possible and just kind of go for it and go for it, it, it the performance sort of slipped away. But there's definitely this thing in surfing and as surfers is that the excitement of it can really override that part of you that knows if you did some proper deep breathing, stretching, activation type preparation that it would help your surf. I don't think it took away from the performance in the first one because I was so pumped and so excited. I almost felt like my body had already become prepared like the day before, in a sense. But there's no doubt that I do not want my talk enough. It's like the pre-surf thing. And we've discussed this before, that there's this kind of almost stress in a way. Yeah. I definitely get a bit frantic before it. I think you're trying to maximize the amount of time you've got to go surf. Mm. And so suddenly you're in a traffic jam. You're like, oh, and, you know, let's say your back's a bit tight. But you're, oh, fuck it. I'll leave it to like, you know. Being able to slow that down a little bit could do us a lot of good and at the same time be human and just not do it and still get into those states and not beat yourself up for it too because I think we're going to. And let's be honest, that's the reality of things is that most of us as surfers, when we're pushed for time, are going to almost, let's be really frank, start rushing. Even say that word out loud, the insanity of it is amazing, isn't it? Like it could speed anything up beyond what is... You know. Well, it's because your mind's taken over the, there the, you go. the whole situation. You've been hijacked by all of the stuff, fear of missing out, you know, not getting in there at the right time, crowds, whatever it might be. And all of that is created by the mind and nothing else. And then the mind and the body exist in, if you got it, you know, to in harmony, to, they should do. So that kind of freneticness has a negative impact on the body, in fact. And it's a bit like the kind of advice to slow down your surfing. Sometimes slow down the bit before you go surfing. Very nice. That'd be a really good experiment for us all to do, listening to this show, every single one of us, to just slow down your breathing, slow down your steps, slow everything down just in your approach to the ocean. And then we'll fast forward and see a little video <laughs> of us running down, running the across pebbles, yeah. tripping over, breaking fins, yeah. parking the car in a frenzy, <laughs> forgetting to lock it. Yeah. Although I don't ever lock my car. Leaving the key in the ignition. Leave the key in the ignition. But yeah, it's one of those ones where I think we do also, yeah, we just got to be so kind to ourselves because I think we do do that and I do that and we will continue to do that. But there is absolutely no doubt that your bit before you go in can really help make a big difference. The times where I've really controlled that and calmed that down to that degree, it's made a difference. Yeah, same. I think because I've had to kind of deal with um, a little bit more reluctance or fear of bigger challenging conditions when I'm surfing. I've had to really learn to slow down that bit before you go in to kind of regulate the... And the times when I was like rushing, I hadn't had time to sort of almost set my line or set where I was going to go. And it came to... I really sort of... And of course, it's not going to happen every time. But the time we went to that spot that we won't name down in Cornwall and it was throwing and pumping. We had a great surf some months ago. It was just able to stand on the dunes and have a look at the, the peaks and where they were. And I really sort of thought, okay... I'm at one with this, this is where it's going to be, and, and I know where I'm going to surf, and I am just take my own time. 
And I had one of the best sessions I've had for years and years. I loved it. But it took some doing that. So, so true. I would say, yeah, slow down a bit before if you can. Yeah. It's so hard to do, isn't no, it? It, no, it? It would is. be for me as well, because I haven't had a bloody surf since last Thursday. And that was micro. And it, well, yeah, it was. And it I, was. Think, I think the pollution nearly killed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I have the other way around. And some other people might be able to relate to this as much as they relate to your story there, dude, which is that I get too excited when it gets big. I love bigger surf up to a certain point, not proper, proper rhino chasing. We need a gun and it's fucking 20 feet or whatever, but up to a good size, mm-hmm. triple overhead. But just in the same way, what I need then is to just bring it back to center. Whether it's come from a little bit further down where you're a bit more fearful, bring it up and bring the confidence up. Or whether it's that you're too over like wanting it and you've got to bring it down. For all of us, finding middle is always a case of being self-aware. So when you know yourself well enough, you know when you're in those yeah. those places and how to bring it back to center. And there could never be a more important time than, than doing that before you go into either crowded surf or huge surf or big surf. Yeah. Because those are the two times where you've got your safety to think about. Yeah. And you might kind of look at it and just, oh, just charge in and not actually see that there's a rip there, channels there, there's a giant rock sticking out in the ocean there, or there's crowds of people here or whatever it might be. But it's a welcome for all of us. There's no doubt that the joy I get from surfing massively makes me lose my mind on so many occasions. If I'm brutally honest, like more often than not compared to land. When I'm on land, I can really bring my most mindful self in not all opportunity situations. That's a lie. But in lots. Surfing, it's just such a work on. Whether I'm in the crowded lineup and there's people getting in the way and they're being a bit aggy and I get really pissed off with them like so quickly like I wouldn't on land or whether it's you know that I can't get a wave and it's starting to affect me or whether it's you know like you said the rushing down to the beach there's a sort of a lot around surfing that is a great challenge because of how exciting it is how wonderful it is you know it's why the unexpected quick surfs that we are fortunate to get so last Thursday for example setting aside the uh, and you know and that's one thing that the water boards could sort out is not dump so much shit in the sea but uh, setting that aside We've got a little sort of surf group WhatsApp, haven't we? And uh, one of the guys just said, hey, have you seen there's a little bit of swell coming through? And it must have been, what, five o'clock? It's sort of after work time. And none of us expected it. He just happened to be down the seafront, spotted some waves hitting enough of a sort of patch to make a surfable wave. The holiday crowds have gone. It's a pretty overcast evening, but we get down there and there's clean two-foot surf, sometimes three-foot surf. Sometimes three, yeah. And... It was the return of the guys that surf that regularly and no one else. So from what, all the craziness we were talking about in the last two shows, to be given this unexpected gift back was so good for the mind. And really I think good. kind of one of the things, if I'm honest as well, that's triggered the ABC stuff that we were talking about earlier outside of the show for me is the lack of consistent surf that we in the last three to six weeks, that we've just not been surfing as much as we previously would have been. And we've had some very fun sessions, but to not have that regular immersion and, and serve, it means it's a lot harder. And it's been quite a good lesson for me, actually, to reset the mind when there are multiple triggers rather than just one or two. It's really, really noticeable how you might end up feeling when the surf's not been consistent. So last Thursday was a really lovely return to just people super stoked for each other for every wave that they got for an hour and a half of just like, unexpected as well what a treat thank you wave gods so true so true when we allow enough space within ourselves to enable and allow for spontaneity we are 
really onto something. It's the best, best thing in life. We know that when you have spontaneous moments of joy from whatever area they may be, that they're always the best for so many reasons that I think are probably a lot of them just mysterious. We don't really know, but expectation does do something, doesn't it? It's quite a fascinating thing. And for me, expectation puts a a mental weight upon something that if you imagine it like it's on a scales, it sets the scale down. Okay. So imagine the scale is now set down. Now, depending on how much weight you've put on that thing, let's say 80% of the time, the thing that's the real thing that turns up, that's supposed to balance that expectation out, of course, doesn't because the weight is too heavy on one side of the scales. So it really is trying to notice when we are putting heavy expectations on stuff and then be able to remove that and go, look, whatever happens, happens. Allow for spontaneity. Allow for that surf to be just what that surf's going to be without actually having to go, oh, it's five stars. And that's what Magic Seaweed did. When Magic Seaweed started putting five-star swells down and this whole star rating any of you outside of the UK or I mean I know magic seaweeds worldwide to any of you who don't know what magic seaweed is it's a very very famous UK created surf forecasting website it's very accurate but they use <laughs> star no it is accurate but they use stars to rate the swell and that hasn't helped surfers I tell you no because <laughs> my best surf my guarantee I tell you this right now let's say I've surfed 4,000 times in the last 15 years the best surfs I've had have been one or two stars yeah Generally, not the worst surfs, but the ones with the greatest discrepancy in expectation versus reward have been the ones when they're four or five stars. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. It's like a fucking weather forecast, the surf app as well, isn't it? Weather, 80% chance of rain, you end up with a gloriously sunny day on the coast. I sort of go back to my grandfather's advice when he used to look weather reports. He would say, just don't it, just look out of you, open the curtains, have a look. And the best way to see what the surf's doing is go and have a look at it, if you're fortunate enough to be able to do it. They are useful to plot your plan your surf trips and all that sort of thing. But overall, yeah. been, it's been amazing surf forecasting for surfers. Yeah. It's created a lot more joy where it might have been missed. Yeah. However, duality and everything, it's caused a lot of stress too. Yeah, so, cameras on every beach. I now. know. It's just busy. I know. I know. We've got one now. We have. Moving on, segment number three: mind, body, and stoke. Things Liam and I have been working on to raise the stoke via the mind and the body. Now, for me. I've been watching a little bit of OMBE lately, O-M-B-E, and they are a Aussie uh, surf coaching brand. Well, and they are. Worldwide, or, or Aussie and UK. They're worldwide. And actually, Clayton's a South African Oh, that's guy. true, actually, used yes. coach Geordie Smith, didn't he, I think? Great guy. And Ant, who is his partner in crime, is a, a Brit, I believe, from around the corner from us, but uh, is, uh, was a magician. Oh, was he? Yeah. Wow. There you go. Huh. Really good guys. Really good guys. You've got to check out Ombi. Yeah. Cracking YouTube channel. Yeah. It's one of those surf YouTube channels that you just, they've just done it very well. Watch, I was watching a video on cutbacks and I really wanted to take on board what they were saying in the cutback video and apply it to my surf mentally. Then physically, obviously, it always has to start with that mental, like, right, yeah. visualization. How am I going to do this? And then turn yeah. it into practice with the physical body. It was the turning of the hand. So it's that first, it's the open palm and then the closed palm and how you turn your arms as you cut back, etc. And as Clayton is explaining to Ant what he's done wrong, he also talks about board volume. He talks about how when you're doing a roundhouse cutback or you're trying to complete an off the lip, you basically, for the physics of it to work, you need to be going fast enough in a forward direction to be able to go up and then 
either just off the lip, that's an off the lip, or up and then down the face to be able to go back up the face to complete a figure of eight. Because if you think about what the figure of eight looks like, it starts as a pump upwards, but to get the eight to complete, you've then got to go actually down, then across, then back up and complete what we call a figure of eight full roundhouse cutback to rebound off the foam. And it's, for me, been the thing I've been working on for 15 years. I saw Kelly Slater do it in videos when I was starting surfing. And then those formative years, and there was a phenomenal um, surf movie called Broke Down Melody, which has mm. the best soundtrack to a surf movie you'll ever watch or listen to. I don't know if you've seen Broke Down Melody, but... No, but uh, do you know any helicopter quotes from it? I <laughs> Get in the chopper! <laughs> Get to the chopper. Get in the chopu. Get in the chopu. Very good. Yeah, there Very we good. Go. And uh, it's seeing that completed roundhouse. I went, right. If there's a maneuver that I could realistically complete in my surfing lifetime, it's going to be this one. Because I could just sense it. I was like, you follow the rail, you come round, you come back to the top, you do a backside Rio. Because my backside is definitely better on my surfing than my frontside surfing anyway. Yeah. So in the end, when you do a frontside cutback, yes, it initially t- starts as a going back on yourself, back on your, your back shoulder. But then it turns into where you're facing the wave, so to speak. So I have been working at it tirelessly. And it, it was a, a bit of an epiphany in the surf that I was doing my usual raps, really looking at the foam, trying to come back, back, back to the foam. And then when I was quickly trying to hit the lip, retransition, come back down the foam, it was like a stickiness in the rail. The rail didn't want to quickly transition back and forth. And I think it's firstly my ability And also, I think it's the literage I'm on could be a little high, a little boxy in the rails. So the rail isn't digging quite enough. You're not quite enough on rail to get that board to come around. Because as we've discussed a lot in this show, and you can find this out yourself on YouTube and and do some research, but when you are on good waves that really pump and they've got power, you want to be on the lowest literage you can be on so that you can get your board on rail and complete the best maneuvers that you can. Because it actually becomes easier, not harder. So if you've got speed from the wave, you want to slow down so you can complete your maneuvers. If you're going too quick, you can't sink your rail in quick enough. So that doesn't normally sit very well with a lot of surfers who grovel. Yeah. When I go to say this, I say this actually around the world. I was about to say four UK surfers, yeah. but screw that. Yeah. Worldwide. I mean, you watch footage from the, the Ombi guys and they're riding in um, on the Gold Coast Look. and it, they get two foot wind slop like we do. Yeah. Now it's not as slack as, quite as slack as what we have, but it's similar And it's around the world. You're going to have to grovel. You're going to have to. So let's just say this to the world that be aware. And I need to say this to myself is to be aware of what you're trying to do in your surfing and whether your body, because that's always the biggest one, but whether your body and your equipment are allowing you to do it. I'm a, a bit of a Clayton fanboy, really, and um, from the beginning, because a bit like Rodrigo Machado, the Brazilian surf coach, Clayton actually has brought to bear things that just weren't available when I started surfing. We didn't have YouTube or anything like that, did we? Oh, you'd have to read a book about what? doing a roundhouse cutback. Good luck with that. And um, What's a cutback, yeah. <laughs> A cutback something you do when you've got no money. Yeah, hey. uh, cut back on stuff. So you, you basically, oh, dude, that's yeah. so bad. So you basically <laughs> going all the way back to the beginning of the conversation at the start of the show, where you say, "Well, how do you apply the things you can, you can do this in other sports? You can do this when you move biomechanically. If you ride a bike, or let's say you ride motocross or something, you move, you look, you lean. It's an instinctive thing to push your hands. You don't, and Clayton will often say this: you don't turn the handlebars sharply on a bike when you're going really fast to go around a corner, because what will happen? You'll come off." What you do is you lean into the turn 
and your hands are up and they lean as if you were on a, a bike. We're not affiliated. They, we just love their stuff, really. The methodologies of leaning, looking, applying the things that you probably do in other sports to the surfboard and getting your mind and your body right as well will help. And they've helped you and I already after all these years of surfing. But you do have to kind of be honest with yourself. And that's part of your own mind journey to say, you know, where am I actually at? And, you know, how do I get better? And you can only do that by being true with yourself about your surfing currently. And then you do what we talk about a lot. You compare yourself against yourself as you start to improve. So true. And it relates to the equipment side of things. Although the board still isn't the biggest factor, it still is your body, yeah. your mind, your practice, your physique, your yeah. how you use your posture, how do you, how you bend, yeah. squat, your power in your glutes, your core. Although it is all still those, isn't it? How often you get to serve? Yeah. <laughs> Just that one. <laughs> the board is still Huge. in that factor. Yeah. It still is. And, and as we all can attest, and I can guarantee you listening to this now, there would have been a board that would have revolutionized your surfing. And um, for me, it was the puddle jumper. And the reason why was... My front side cutback. My backside cutback, I had dialed. I dialed, Jesus. Then we compare. But in my own will world, it was dialed for me. Yep. In my confidence level of doing it and completing it. And how it felt. Yep. Let's be honest, that's the most important thing. Yep. How it felt, felt good. And I'd had some evidence too that with my backside maneuvers, I, my best photos have been my backside photos. Take that as you will. I don't wear thongs very often, but Thank I can imagine God. if I did, Ugh. it would Ugh. look quite nice. Actually. <laughs> and uh, it's the going front side on that puddle jumper. And doing a cutback, what it was doing, what it has allowed me to do is as I come back to the foam is get way more onto the foam and get up and back onto that lip so that when I re-enter, I re-enter with speed and flow. Now, the challenge with that is, and we've said this before on this show, I bought that ball because the ways we surf don't have curve in them. So when you do a cutback on our ways, you're doing them on a flatter surface. You get your board a bit on rail, you do. But you get it kind of on rail in a sort of halfway. It doesn't fully knife out of the water like that. So when you then go on to like more powerful waves, you've got to quickly switch your volume right back down. For me, I feel like I'm kind of <laughs> basically in a long-winded way he wants to a looking board. at more boards. But it's getting nuts because I'm on quite a few boards now. And I'm kind of, I'm at this point when, and again, a lot of surfers will attest to this and, and be able to empathize with this. But it's where on one side, you better love to better just click your fingers Surf as often as you want in pumping a head and a half overhead waves that peel down the line in a range of boards and fins that enable you to go, ah, oh, that's what I can do. And then life kicks in and you just can't yeah. because you've got responsibilities and you've got a bank balance. It's just life. And so there's so much of our sporting world and our hobbies and our pursuit of our own version of greatness that we do have to let go of because there's only so much you can do. Wow. And as long as you're enjoying it, that's the main thing. There you go. But yeah, equipment, I'd love to surf uh, more of a shortboard. I've still got this, this is Kook Liam back in the day when I was surfing a Minimal. So then I wanted a, a new board and uh, the Rand in South Africa was very cheap at the time. And uh, obviously the great Glenn Darcy surfboard shaper was out in J-Bay. Well, I've never surfed J-Bay, but um, Glenn Darcy very kindly, obviously we paid him. Uh, made me and my mate a board, but I've got this board that probably is it designed to surf J-Bay. It's been surfed twice, Croyd, when I was not a good surfer, <laughs> and now adorns the uh, the corner of my living room. I think it's 6'3", and it's probably... It's it looks what, like it's by it, 18 yeah, and is. a half. It's a very, very... It's so you, you could surf pipeline, maybe, on it, but it, it's quite old now, <laughs> you, but it would snap, I think, the first time I uh, duck-dived it. 
I'd love to give it a go at the wave or something. That, you, that's going to be a video when we finally do that. I've got so many boards I'd love to get, but I do have to say, although we joked endlessly about Rob Machado's ridiculously long list of, of heavily marketed, very well, I must say, surfboards by Firewire, yeah. the Seaside. Yeah. Just straight up. Riding it shorter than I'd normally ride a board, riding it in the five, I'm like 6'2", I tend to ride my boards around 6'0", 6'2", 6'4", so on. But I'd love to ride a 5'9", 5'10". That tail just looks epic. They've put this load of leeterage up in the chest, but they've made the tail really pulled in. And it's quite a narrow tail because you've got this little swallow back there. It looks very similar, to be honest, to the... Uh, Rano's Fish by Lost as well. That's the one I really would like. And those kind of boards get the juices flowing because they're like, ooh, you're really in the really in the middle between a short board and a fish. Yeah. Because the puddle isn't that, actually. The puddle, I can't put in that same category because the puddle jumper just will not excel in waves above, really like good waves above chest high. Yeah. Above chest, getting near to head high. And if it's punchy, <laughs> you do not want to be no. on a puddle jumper because therefore doing turns in really slack waves. But then when you think of the, the balls like the Round Nose Fish and the Firewire Seaside, they just make good waves look so much fun. Yeah, we'll get there. Nobody's interested in sending us any boards anyway. Well... So your potty mouth that's doing it, you know. Well, listen, you wait and see, mate. You wait and see. Free kit coming our way. So, anything you want to share, dude, on mind and body? No, I think we've covered that very nicely there. I mean, my body's been taking a little bit of a rest because I've been a little bit under the weather after I probably surfed in polluted water. But um, I feel way better in the last couple of days than I did uh, last week. So I'm just looking forward to getting in the sea again at some point. I've missed the bit of North Coast Swell that we had, so I'm hoping to get up there before maybe at the weekend. So no, I've just been taking it a little bit easy. I've got back this morning into a mini kettlebell workout, and that's still my go-to at the moment, but just rebuilding. I think for me, it was acknowledging that I needed to just while I sort of feeling, you know, 70% rather than 100%, not train. And that's been quite tricky. And it's when then I felt like I could get back to it, that I started moving the body again. So yeah, I'm feeling like I'm back. It's good, mate. And did you have any FOMO? Yeah, bit, yeah a little bit actually yesterday. I made the stupid, uh, but although what I'm doing, and I, I probably sort of will share this and update how it goes. Again, aligned to what we were saying at the very beginning of the show, I'm trying to do a news detox because I'm a terrible consumer of news. I just, it's my, it's an Achilles heel for me. So I'm switching off to um, just kind of news channels as best I can and, and instead just getting my mind back into surfing and trying to learn a bit of music. But what I did yesterday, that what crept in instead while I was working, my occasional drifting out of my uh, obviously rigorous and, and diligent uh, work mode was to check the cameras at various spots around <laughs> around the north coast of Devon and Cornwall. And it was pumping. It was pumping, dude. And I was like, oh, damn. And I was sitting at a desk. I know. Oh. And, and I forgot to mention this too, because in almost all surfs I try and do this, especially if it's a little crowded and a good crowd too, like a yeah. competitive crowd, good surfers, is to just keep this, what I call the inside bowl, rolling. No matter where you surf in the world, well, listen, that's a huge statement. Most beach breaks around the world, you're going to have the outside and you're going to definitely have an inside. You get it a bit on reefs, but reefs are a little bit more mechanical in that sense, especially point reefs. That's where it breaks. And you wait your turn, my friend. So you just got to be on the pecking order. You work your way up the point, you get your wave. Now, with beaches, they're a bit more random, but I had this merry-go-round of not trying to wait and wait and wait for the outside bombs, but just consistently get these little smaller ones on the inside. What amazes me, and we've said this many times with surfing in general, surfers, 
is there's this like grumpiness with like, oh, I'm not getting waves. I'm not getting waves. Rather than focusing on how can I actually go and get some waves? Sit further in, move down to that peak, position yourself over there, switch the beach you're on, ride a different board, just adapt. But there are so many guys. I met this guy as I got out of the surf. I'd had 40 waves. I don't know how many waves I'd had in two and a half hours. I went mental on this, just these waves over and over. I was doing cutbacks, cutbacks, having so much fun riding a shoreboard compared to my usual puddle jumper. And, and it was amazing. And saw this guy, we're coming out. And I was like, oh, how was it? And he, and he said, oh, how shit was that? <laughs> it cracked me up inside. I didn't laugh yeah. in his face, but inside I was like, wow. And I didn't judge him at all. Fun I, sponge. I, I, <laughs> it was just, and he spent 15 minutes walking with me back to the car park, just moaning about the state of the crowd and the swells and this and that and the other. And the thing is, is that we said this before on the show, what does it matter that he's like that? Well, it doesn't, does it? We can judge what we want. Oh, that's wrong. Or, you know, you should be more happy. It's like, Fuck that. We're all different. Yeah. He's doing him. I'll do me. And we'll go our separate ways. I know I wouldn't necessarily invite him on my next holiday. Yeah. <laughs> um, could be a bit sapping, but he just was who he was and he just carried on and there you go and yeah. see you later. And that's all good. God, but you do think to yourself, like, just wake up a little bit, move inside, move outside, oh, change yeah. your positioning, what you change your approach, whatever. No way to talk about Ollie, is it? <laughs> Ollie isn't listening to this and you know why he isn't because he stopped listening he's one of our great surfing friends doesn't like bad language doesn't like bad language although I feel like I'm a bit better but he was like dude I hear your here's, I'm about to swear I hear your fucking potty mouth all week long as if I want to listen to you again on the radio <laughs> yeah wise man wise man segment number four surf media anything I mean, this is the Ombi show, isn't it? But uh, I'm just going to put out there, I watched, again, part of my fear of missing out, but just to keep my hand in, I watched uh, Ant and Clayton and Yanni, I think is the guy that absolutely rips, surfing small waves. And they did a breakdown of Ant's surfing and Yanni's surfing and how to surf small waves. And I think entertainment value alone is good because they're pretty high energy guys. But uh, it's fascinating insight into getting the best out of both the conditions and the, which boards you use and also then the approach from a technical point of view. I would check that out. That's what I've been watching on uh, Surf Media. It's really good. I've been really hooked on Ombi stuff yeah. lately and it's really opened my mind to different approaches, different ideas, thinking outside the box and they both present it in a brilliant way. You must, must check out Ombi if you haven't already. I truly believe they're setting about transforming the surfing world actually because they're going to get so many more surfers surfing with more joy than ever before where once maybe things like the ego would have stopped them because yeah. they can go oh there's a guy sat next to a guy saying oh yeah i'm doing that yeah you know clayton's with ant and he's saying okay that was good yeah and ant does this thing where he, he really is hard on himself yeah and he goes oh that was fucking terrible and actually clayton just no no that's that was just effective yeah your takeoff was like that it was effective it got you to there so let's not beat ourselves up about our ability. And it's, so it's really good. You've got to, got to watch yeah. watch it. It's very interesting because I see a lot of myself in Ant in that sense as well. And Yeah, I, do. I do too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like a better looking version of me and you. They're basically, basically, yeah. They're, they're, basically, if you upgrade your surf media, just go from Simple Surfer to, <laughs> to Omni. <laughs> they live in a better part of the world for surf. Yeah. They're better surfers. Nah, listen. What they haven't got is what we've got. And what we have got is superb pubic hair. Yeah. We, we have 
a set of bushes, you uh, and I, that could really be on the front cover of Playgirl magazine. Or whatever. Or Playboy, or whatever you fancy. Yeah. Throw in between whatever you fancy. But New scientist. That's it. Uh, or nude scientist. Nude. Nude a day. Right. Is that it? That's it. Are we finished? That's it. Very good. Guys, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you again next week. Next week. Bye. Ciao, ciao.